We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Tuesday, the 19th day of July, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? Healthy and alive. Yeah. Very uh, good. Very good. Try not to roast. I'm very concerned for your health down there. As, as a matter of fact, you you said that it's 45 days now, or is it 90 days without any rain? Uh, it's it's a month and a half. So yeah, close to 45 days. We haven't had any rain. Ugh. Well, you'll be loading up on... Um, on whatever military vehicle you can get your hands on, packing everything in your house, because you're in Oklahoma, you're a modern-day Okie. So you'll be uh, packing everything you own into that vehicle, and you'll be working your way out to California, where there's even less opportunity <laughs> out there. But uh, let, let's just yeah. hope that, uh, let's hope it doesn't get to that point. And joining us is a long-lost friend of ours who hasn't been with us in, oh, I don't know, six, seven years. Uh, GP, how are you? Amazing. I am absolutely amazing. <laughs> one of the guys that actually helped us, we, all the new listeners we picked up, one of the guys that actually helped us found this podcast. He's finally decided to be humble and return to his roots and take time out of his busy schedule <laughs> and join us for today. And it's always a comedy show when you're on. So I'm happy that you're actually here so we can have a little bit of laughter today. So you're here. You're Yeah, you're here. Yes, you're I am. Here. And it's good to see you. Before we get into the usual riff and raff and the events of the day, let's start mm -hmm. with you. How have you been? Where have you been? What, what, what have I been? Do what, what, no, <laughs> do, do what do we owe the honor of your presence today? Uh, well, I'm actually between switching uh, truck routes. So I've definitely got a lot of free time. Well, that's good. So that's what I'm doing right now. That's good. You are a truck driver now. And a lot of our listeners. Yes, know that. I you, am enjoying. Yeah, yeah. Transitioned out of your, uh, your new old research, line of work. new research, <laughs> new research. Is that new what research, it is? New research. The, the medical yeah. industry finally decided to uh, to just not well, go along with you. Well, I can't trust the science anymore because to question the science is to go against science. Are you questioning and Dr. I'm Anthony not bought Fauci? and paid for. Are you <laughs> are you questioning Dr. Anthony Fauci? <laughs> are you questioning the CDC and the FDA that you would get okay, messages Lord from Admiral daily? Okay, Lord Admiral Fauci. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to retire, by the way. He's That's announced impossible. today. That, yeah, he's, he's announced today that he's going to retire at the end of Biden's term. So okay, that could be people, another six people years. People retire, robots decommission. So I don't know. That's true. That is true. Yeah. Yeah. But since <sighs> you're not involved in uh, in that line of uh, work any longer, no. because as you said, you can't trust the science, you've decided to do something else. Uh, you've gone into the logistical Absolutely. supply line, which is the, um, mm -hmm. uh, the arterial delivery system of our nation. And so you've done quite a transition, I have to say. I mean, mm -hmm. the driving thing you were already used to. You did a lot of traveling in your in your previous uh, stuff out in California. So not only have you moved from one end of the country to the other and gone to that extreme, you've also gone from one job into another job that's another extreme. How do you go from being in the medical sector to being a truck driver? How was that transition? It just like seemed like something to do. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you just wanted something to do. <laughs> I just needed something to do. And I'm like, you know what? Everyone's giving truck drivers grief. You know what I want to do? 
I'm gonna go be a truck driver. Yeah. No, it's just finding the truth. You know, it's it's I did I do I have been fortunate and very blessed in my my life, and I could do a lot of things. And uh, truck driving is something I've never done. Well, doing and it's this, the most interesting because everyone blames truck drivers for everything. So I figured, you know, me getting into it, at least I'm going to get to understand why everyone's blaming truck drivers for all the problems in America. It's all lies, all of it. Yeah. So media lies. Well, I was We're about to problem. ask you, what's it been like because of all the uh, the shutdowns? They're talking about more shutdowns, but I mean, we can get into that um, here later. But they're talking about more lockdowns and, and everything and the supply lines being jammed up and our food systems and stuff being disrupted and, and all the shipping being disrupted. What's all that like? How, how much is that actually affected from you being on the ground, being in the industry? It's, it's government. Gover- seriously, it's local governments going in and locking out shipments. Like, say you've got to have a shipment in, I'm bringing, say, dairy. Let's just say I, it's a reefer truck, right? So we're bringing dairy from Oklahoma to California. Sorry, did you say a reefer truck? A reefer truck? Yeah, it's called a reefer truck. Yeah, it's a refrigerated truck. Oh, refrigerated. Okay. okay. <laughs> what are you? What exactly? We call a reefer. Okay. What kind of truck driver are you, GP? What are you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's the Tommy Chong truck driving industry. Uh, that's what I thought. Yeah, that's... No, yeah. no, no, really. Okay, so there's there's lingo no, no, for that. We'll, Got we'll, it. Refrigerated okay, truck. Yeah, yeah. Got it. Okay, so we're, we're taking this reefer. You say you're taking this reefer from, you know, Oklahoma down into California. And you have to be there in X period of days. What'll happen is for some bizarre reason, you're getting pulled over a lot. You're getting called into way stations a lot. You're getting called into, oh my God, it's just little things. Consistent. You don't make your date. You know what happens when you don't make your date? Well, I know you lose money and the does the like the load gets forfeited or something or, or am I incorrect? Thrown I, away. I don't know. Thrown away. Yeah, Thrown it away. gets forfeited. It just, you have to yeah. drop it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, if like this is on the food side, I, I quit the food side. The uh, the food side also on the they have like you know like say um, say you're you're delivering I don't know let's say apple juice or something yeah and you're running a dry van so you're you, you know got all this apple juice in this dry van you're running whatever and, and one of the what's a dry van breaks, what what's a dry, a dry van, van is like the ones you see what is the is the trailers that you all see the square box looks like a giant all box. the white square box got it got it white square box big giant fifty three foot square box okay. Um, so you're driving that and say a case breaks. Well, the store goes, all right, I refuse the whole load. We're done. Everything gets thrown away because you got to take it. You either take it back to the shipper. That's wasteful. Oh my God. You have no idea how much stuff gets wasted. I, I have seen miles of rot and miles of things just going to decay because of refusal to take the product or, you know, uh, shipper mistakes, little stupid mistakes or like. Like one of the worst situations. Okay, this one guy. He's um he's he's got tickets before, and he's over at he blew a tire, and he's got a time load. So he goes in to go into the shop. He's at the shop to get his tire. DOT comes out. He's getting he's in line to get his tire done. DOT comes and says, "You know you're in violation." The department he goes. I'm in line to fix my tire. The DOT officer. I'm in line. I'm here to do this. And they're giving him a ticket. Well, the happens is company policies. If you get a ticket, you don't work no more. Guess what happens to his trailer? It gets thrown away. It gets thrown away. There's city ordinances. There's like, we, we can't, like I can't drive through Atlanta. And why can't you drive through Atlanta? 
Atlanta ordinances is unless I'm delivering into Atlanta, I cannot drive into Atlanta. So I have to drive around. I have to drive around Atlanta. Is this because of the like, I've been through Atlanta at like five o'clock on, I know, on it's a Wednesday horrible. afternoon? I know, it's, it's terrible. Good. You got eight lane jammed, eight lane traffic jammed up on both sides. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Yeah. So but, well, we get I can the same thing the all the way around, around the city, too. Yeah. It's reduced congestion. But little ordinances that go along the cities, you know, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't do this. And so you're you're having trouble bringing in products, bringing anything through to products. It's tough. And the regulations, these guys are out there hunting you down to stop your truck from moving. Why? Ticket you. That's my question is why? We don't know. Nobody seems to know why. All we know is everybody's going, they're assholes. These DOT guys are assholes. You know, some of these consignees are just like, <laughs> you want to strangle them. Oh, my God. I know where Bruce is probably standing on this. He's he's sitting over there in his in his chair. I'll lean back and like rubbing his hands together. I, I can already tell what's fuming. going on in his mind. Yeah, he's fuming. Government's bad. OK, yeah, yeah. That, that Government is, exactly is where I'm really, at. really bad. OK, I've had an animosity towards a lot of like and I, I like local governments in general. In general, yeah, I like sense. a lot of local yeah, governments because they, because they're they're caring about the people. They live in the cities that they they represent. Right. I love right. local government. Don't like big government. D.O.T., Big government. Not that I haven't worked for them with them for years of my life, <laughs> but uh, which is why you don't care just, for them. Yeah, we understand. I don't care for them. Yeah, I don't care for them. The uh, that, but yeah, they're out there just writing tickets. They're out there just they're henpecking is what they're doing. They're they're henpecking the, uh, the the transportation industry is what they're doing. It's just yeah. it's just as bad as uh, state highway cops, and I and I know a lot of state highway cops. It's just as bad as the state highway cops going out there and setting up speed traps on interstate highways and ticketing everybody for going, I don't know, like three, four miles over the speed limit. I've had that happen to me yep. uh, back in the States. It's terrible. Yeah, at the it's bottom of the hill. It's terrible. Exactly. They'll sit down there. Mm -hmm. But that's actually where one of them got me. It went from 55 to 75. And I was coming down the hill and he got me doing like 60. And I, that cost me, you know, if you don't want to appear in court, you can just pay it. And that that cost me like I don't know, like $230 or something. It was just stupid. It was absolutely stupid. So it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I understand. So yeah, um, my fuming, that's exactly, um, uh, my thought is exactly, this is why you have to get involved in your local governments because it yes, goes local, then it goes state. And that this is why you get involved is you keep this kind of, you got to keep things cleanly and easily flowing. And you do. having uh, Dot chase you down. Um, yeah, Dot's. Uh, that, that's um, infuriating. Of course, there was a lot of like just as a, a a bystander, if you will, to all of this that's going on. I've seen a lot of this in uh, multiple states that I've lived in. That has always been a problem. Mm. You know, they'll they'll see like <laughs> you'll have to clean like the, if grease gets between just a little grease on your wheel drum. It's bad if, if DOT sees it because sometimes they won't let you just clean and go. They'll cite you and hold your hold your vehicle so another thing has to come in and repair whatever it may be to determine that it's safe for transportation. There's just lots of little crappy things that go on. Well, let's, and everyone, let's and move. The trucking industry gets blamed. But go ahead. Yeah. yeah. No, let's well, let's keep with it. Let's move into a part how the drivers as in you let's let's move into that. How are you treated? How, how are you guys treated in general? Because I know uh, you guys are working like long hours. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Longer, it's like cattle. 
I wasn't expecting a, a, a sudden answer like that, but you're working long hours and, and you're driving great distances and you're going through all this crap. So how are you treated by the, the companies that you're working for? Well, the companies they're working for can be, you know, it's as a kinder slave master versus a not kind slave master. It's still a slave master, right? There's not, <laughs> it's, that's how it is. So, yeah. It's, Okay, think about this. Okay, there's three types of truckers. You got your dailies, you know, your regionals, your weekly guys, and then your OTR guys. You know, I've yeah. been doing OTR. So you're doing I'm the long haul. Weekly. I'm doing the OTRs right now. I like I like OTRs. I get to I get a lot of more freedom. But the thing is, is I'm not only just a truck driver. I'm also a security guard, a load handler, you know, a load administrator. I'm also, you know, because what's happened is, is you guys think, okay, I go, you go to work, right? You go to work for ten hours in a day. And you go home. I don't. Well, do that's not what hours. happens in truck driving. <laughs> but okay. Okay, yeah. you do eight hours, whatever, eight hours in a day. I don't, you know, in medical. We do ten, you know, four tens and blah blah blah. Whatever. Yeah, sure. But, Shift work, yeah. Okay, you do. You're doing eight hours. Okay, so you, eight hours a day, whatever. You go home. Well, truck drivers, we can drive eleven hours and we can work fourteen hours out of a day, and we tend to work close to those fourteen hours every day. But that day, that day doesn't end because now we become security guards for our loads because we're getting robbed. And it happens. Oh, I've seen that a lot. Places in like places yeah. like New York and places like LA where they they literally they'll boost the load right out of the back of the truck while you're yeah, at, yeah. At, a, at a traffic light. Yeah. So now you're they'll security. Up, they'll guard. pop the seal and they'll they'll open the doors and they'll mm -hmm. start just hauling stuff off and throwing it into the the box truck behind them. Mm -hmm. And then it's rinse and repeat every day. So basically, I, here's my day. I'll, I will give you an example of my day. I get up at two o'clock in the morning. I start at two o'clock in the morning. I go. I eat a little breakfast. I've already, it's like, this is assuming I already have a load. I already, I'm already traveling with load. So I've got a load and I'm, I eat a little breakfast. I'm at the truck stop. I go in, you know, and get a whatever soda, whatever, something caffeinated. <laughs> and then I get on the road by two 30. Now come, now I drive from X point to my next point, drop off that load. And it could be five hours, six hours. And then I pick up a new load from generally within the area, somewhere around the area. So I'll drive a little bit without a load and then, then I'll go pick up a load. So I pick up that load and then I drive till my clock runs out. I'll, I'll probably, you know, till I get close to 11 hours. So I'm now I'm down about, I'm about four o'clock in the afternoon. I'm looking for a place to park. I go find my place to park, which is generally like, a, you know, one of the truck stops. Truck, I stop, find my parking spot, get out, take a shower at a truck stop, eat my dinner, get back in my truck, and I sleep until two o'clock in the morning. That's my day. Every day for 12 to 20 days. And then after those 12 to 20 days, depending upon where I am, I'm off for 34 hours. 34 hours. And then I'm back to work again for, for, for 12 to 21 days. This would be an example of your off for 34 hours. That's why you're joining us today. Yeah. Yes. This would be an example of my off for 34 hours. But I'm not really off. I'm off for 72 hours. But yeah, it's rough. It's a rough life. You're never home. This is why all my family left it. I, I had multiple family members that got into trucking, owned their own trucks. Um, and then, I don't know, maybe within a year, two years, they all sold. I think one family member, uh, two, I have, uh, uh, they, they stuck in it for quite a while. One of them, because of health reasons, they ended up selling their truck and getting out of it. But I, I still, I have a cousin that still does it, but I think he does mostly local. But those are owner operators. The vast majority of truckers don't own their own vehicle. You're working for somebody. And even if you own your own vehicles, you're, you know, sometimes you're at lease and you're basically working for that one company. You're just leased under that company. Although in California, that doesn't exist anymore. 
to be fair, what my family did is I have many brothers, uh, this mm. um, great uncle, uh, and they have five brothers or something like that. And they all got into it together. So they all bought the truck together. So basically there was only one truck, but it was, you know, they all did jobs. They all kind of uh, rotated out and, and um, drove together. So, yeah. Yeah, but it's a rough life. I mean, your day is, secu- you know, and when you're sleeping, if you hear your truck move, you got to get up and check your truck like a security guard. And people have steal you, stuff. Have Anything you out of your headache rack? Oh God. Have you uh, have you had someone steal your stuff out of your uh, your trailer yet? No, because I have a hello welcome. I do infrared. You, wait a minute. <laughs> you, do you mean to tell me that you take all of that home security stuff and you put it on your truck? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. I see. It's trippy. <laughs> trippy so you took That's all scary. of that well, from your he- from your house in L.A. and you decided when I move to the East Coast, I'm just going to put it on all of my new profession. That way I'm not going to get robbed. <laughs> uh, kind of. Yeah. Well, if it works, I mean, if it works, why not? Right. <laughs> it works. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> but yeah, the infrared kind of throw. I, I, you know, there, it took me a while to get the directionals down because, you know, because you're right next to the other trucks, especially when you're at truck stops. Oh, yeah. I've seen them. At, there's a truck stop. That's um, you know, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm in Europe, obviously. You're, you're but right I, next to each other. Yeah, yeah, there's a truck stop just down uh, off of the uh, the Autobahn uh, where I'm at. There's like a KFC and a McDonald's and a Pizza Hut and everything down there. And man, they are in there like sardines. It's just like the U.S. Yes. Yeah. And it's fun parking in there, you know, getting that space when I can only imagine I, I two jerkwads have decided to <laughs> to, uh, to smash the ma- to smash the mustard, which are the lines, you yeah. know. So they're, they're right there on the lines, and you're just trying to squeeze in there. You're like, oh god! I, I love how he's already got the trucker lingo too. Two jerkwads smashing the mustard. <laughs> it's like so you talk you talk like this on a CB while you're driving across country. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. When you go over a yellow line, is you're smashing the mustard. If I'll you're over a white line, that. you're smashing the mayonnaise. You're smashing mayonnaise. So <laughs> I'll have to remember that. But yeah, smashing the mustard is when you hit that yellow line. Oh man, I smash that. Oh, excuse my language. <laughs> We've got the beep button now, so it'll have to be used. Okay. <laughs> okay. Good. Oh man, it's been a definitely a journey though. It's uh, nothing like I expected. I did not expect as much politics as goes on. Are you learning um, stuff? Absolutely. I, I learn a lot. There's. Uh, do you work with good people? Though? I learn more That's... about the infrastructure. I do. I do. Well, you're, as a trucker, you kind of you work for you. You you you. I understand, you, you but I mean, you. you're out there on the road. You meet a lot of people. You know, you you meet a lot of people. You, no, you, you no, you don't. No, you don't. People think truck drivers. Oh my God, you get to see the country. No, you don't. You know what you do? You try and avoid having, you know, the Ricky DOT. Bobby <laughs> put his car, Ricky Bobby and the DOT. You know, Ricky Bobby going underneath your truck. That's what you're trying to avoid and that's all you concentrate on you're concentrating on roads pedestrians and you know the animals you just run over but things in the road and that's it you're not really getting to look at the country and when you stop you're stopped for the night and then you're gone again it's a perpetual motion because you're not making money unless you're moving yeah you're not sightseeing. you make no money yeah any of that I, you're not I know exactly who Ricky Bobby is, by the way, watching oh. that because I've seen Ricky Bobby pull in front of those semis and it's right in yes. the dead zone of the semi. Oh, you can't see him and they just pull right in front. And I'm sitting here going, what are you doing? You, They can't see you. I put my seat up. OK, I'm, I run an international. So and uh, so I'm I put my seat as high as I possibly can go. And, you know, I'm a tall guy, so I'm like. Looking almost straight down my nose, you know, straight down so I can see anybody cut in front of the truck. 
Oh my god! They have on a lot of these new trucks. They have these um, these these cameras that because they're small enough now. They have these cameras and they have the monitors where you can actually see in the blind spots. Do you have those? They have those. Yes, they. It have sounds those, like it would be good. <laughs> yeah. Yes, they have those. I'm totally messing with you. Yeah, they have them. I don't use them. I use proximity sensors. I use proxies so I get tones. I don't want to be looking at cameras and I don't want to be looking no, at I visuals. Understand. Yeah, I understand. So I have tones. So I, I, I got certain tones. Like I got a beep, beep, beep. If somebody's, if I, if I'm like going to move lanes, if I move over, you know, if I'm moving over a lane a bit, it'll let me know. And then I got beeps for cars. I got beeps. My worst one I hate is my front one. Because if you get too close to a vehicle within 1.6 seconds, it goes off. And so what'll happen is... It's a long beep. I've got to change it. What'll happen is a guy will pass me, some Ricky Bobby, smoking whatever, will cut in front of me and then hit the brakes, setting off my alarm, which that's, is also connected to my security camera, yeah. my data. So you're getting hello, so welcome as the, as the person is. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, but it's a beep. But yeah, yeah, basically a hello, welcome. <laughs> you know, if I get a hello, welcome, somebody's on my truck moving around. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if you've got someone brake checking you in the front. Yeah. Yeah. People brake check truck all. I don't think I go. We, I've not gone. I, I do my best. Being brake checked. Yeah. Yeah. When I when I'm driving in the States, when whenever I'm over there, I do my best. I've always been like this. I, I do my best to try and just get around them because I know they're dealing with enough as it is, as you're sitting here describing. So I, yes. I'm doing my best to pass and, and get past them out of their blind spot so they can get on with whatever it is they're doing. But I, I understand what you're saying. I don't understand the people that are hanging out in the blind spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That Like they're, they're passing. Oh, they're in the passing lane. OK, you're in the passing lane. Get past him so you can move on. And when you get up in, in areas like uh, have you been as far north as, as New York yet? Have you been all the way up there yet? No, I've been. Avoiding no? it. I've been OK, I've been avoiding it. All right. Well, when you get up in there, it's even worse because you get to a certain point once you cross from PA into New York and you're headed up to 95 and you're going, which I'm sure you've been on that road. Uh, when you're going up that road, it's three lanes on both sides. So you've constantly got movement in and out and back and forth and, and bobbing and weaving and all kinds of stuff. And it's just it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. You've got so many service areas up in New York, which that's like a rest area, but it's up there. They call them service areas. I don't know why, but you've got trucks and you get cars serviced there. on and off. Yeah, you've got, <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> you've got trucks and cars on and off all the time. And it's just, it, it, it's a nightmare. It's a nightmare to try and drive in as just a, as a regular car, you know, driving a passenger car. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, I suppose, is there anything else you'd like to cover on um, your transition into being a truck driver, GP? Because if not, it sounds like I'm changing my gender since your transition. <laughs> well, how's so, it yes. going? Yeah, well, well there, there is part of that. Yeah, it is the, different. <laughs> you, you did hear about the uh, well, that's that's a topic of the day these days, isn't it? Uh, you did hear about yeah. the um, interview with the uh, the Berkeley Law professor and Senator Josh Hawley, didn't you? You did hear about that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> you know, the one of the great things about being on the road. What's I that? Get to you, you don't have to do the politics. What I listen to. I don't have to do the politics until I'm hurt, I get GP. out. But I I'm get hurt. out. I get out you hear that, so Bruce? fast. And you hear that, Bruce? He doesn't listen to us. You hear that? <laughs> he helped us devise this podcast in the first place. And he doesn't listen to us. You hear that? I, I mean, I don't blame him. To be fair, I don't either. Uh, I don't we, either. we do I don't talk about to topics. Okay, that are do very you? Painful. Do you? Okay, let, let's 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 do a scenario. Human man, do having a great day, honey and barbecue all day, enjoying himself driving a forty-eight thousand pound load down a highway going yay life is good 
puts on a podcast. Oh, by the way, the world sucks. <laughs> you make it sound like Government we're a bunch bad. of pes- you make it sound like we're a bunch of pessimist porn dealers around here. And then I'm running around in a seventy thousand pound vehicle of anger and frustration. <laughs> And then Ricky Bobby decides to break check. <laughs> and then Ricky Bobby cuts me off. Okay, I see And your then point. I'm on the news. I see your point. I'm on the yeah. news, yeah. yeah. Then we can talk about it. Then we can talk about it when you're on the news. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. Well, so that's... So many um, things just, just yeah, well, that I thought about trucking. That's Go good that you're actually you're actually enjoying it, though, right? Uh, apart from everything I else do. you're enjoying. I do. Love it. Love oh, it. Well, that's good. It's, that's it's good. so much fun. That's good. Are you running into any, and this is a serious question. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to trigger you or anything. Are you running into any COVID restrictions when you travel? Are you dealing with any of that? Like the companies, the, um, the businesses that you deliver to that kind of stuff. Are you, you having to deal with any of that stuff? Yes. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Where we're going to some of the consignees I've gone into. See, shoot, some of the shippers too. Going in. And not only do I have to wear my normal PPE, which is, you know, bright colored shirt, vest, whatever, helmets, eye protection. I also have to wear a mask. You're joking. You go into like these warehouses and, you know, it's a hundred freaking degrees out. Yeah. And I'm not seeing any people. I know. I I saw, I saw a person today. I I must've, I must've passed. I I was in the the store today. Yeah. I was in the store today. I must've seen, I don't know, a dozen people in there, not employees, but just shoppers wearing masks and they were avoiding me. You know, because I mean, obviously mm-hmm. I'm not wearing They're avoiding me. They're avoiding everybody else that, that doesn't have them on. And I leave, you know, I check out and, and I leave. And you know how the sliding glass doors, they open. As I'm yeah. walking out the front door back to the car to put my groceries in the car, here's a woman who comes past me on a bicycle. It's like 90, 95 degrees outside. And there's nobody else around. And she passed me on a bicycle. She's wearing a mask. So it's just it, it's it's crazy. It's it's insane. And you're saying you're having to go onto these lots and there's yeah. no one there and you have to do this. Mm hmm. Especially what I'm doing is doing a drop and hook. I do a drop and hook, but to, to go through the gate, they have to see that I have a mask on. That's crazy. Knowing that I'm going out in the middle of nowhere to drop this trailer off, you know. <laughs> it's like, and you're spreading on, COVID people. out in the middle of a lot somewhere. I'm barely spreading COVID out in the middle of, you know, the forest, you know. Oh, my gosh. It's, it's pretty bad. I mean, I wish we had a study done that was allowed to be public on the efficiency of masks. Um, there's a thousand. Not like there's 20 of them. There's a thousand. Yeah, not like there's 20 done, but yeah, there's, that shows how ineffective they are. There's over a thousand peer-reviewed yes. published studies now. Oh, it's a thousand they now. Are, It's a thousand now that they are ineffective. And we don't see this on the media. We don't see this anywhere. You know what I know? You know what I know? Diesel prices. The price of diesel is not a 9% inflation. That's what I know. You're saying it's not Every following day, the, the consumer price index. No. The consumer price says is we only have a 9% inflation. Right. I'll tell you what, I'm paying twice as much for diesel. Twice. Death is so through the roof. How does this, like, we're, I, I've, I'm listening to experts in the industry now. They're talking about how they're, they're saying their predictions are, and I'm not saying, I hope to God this isn't the case, but their predictions are that we're going to be seeing $10 a gallon diesel by mid to end of August. Do you see that as being accurate? Well, if they, if they keep telling all the truck stops to stop to minimize and limit the amount of death that they can move and the trains to tell them how much product that they can move and limited it by states. Yeah, we're going to see $10 diesel. They're limiting us. They're saying you can only have this much. You can only have that much. You can, the loves, loves is in a big deal yeah, with it's it a big right truck, now. Big truck stop, big yeah. truck stop chain in the States. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're dealing with, uh, I think, Flying Pilot, Flying J, I think they're the same. They were actually in, had to go before some, some magistrate or whatever 
to talk about, you know, that they're being forced to not stock, you know, to not put DEF or diesel in certain locations to limit it, which that's increases, of course. Yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. I also heard earlier last week, I believe, that the refineries are being told mm. not to use the additives to mix the diesel fuel for Mm. transportation so are, are you are you hauling fuel too do you do you have a or do you no have to, I, i'm not i'm not a fuel i don't i don't do my hazmat i'm not i'm not hauling fuel man. hell no i'm not i'm not running yeah well i, I haven't spoken to you 60. but a couple of times yeah i haven't <laughs> talked to you ex except a couple of times since then so i didn't know if you were hauling mm. hazmats or, or or what but no 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 ha i'm not doing fuel i'm not doing i'm not i'm not doing any of this stuff i'm i'm doing hard products mostly pipe now okay i was doing drywall and gypsum and uh -huh. paper that was good it's a lot of work though <laughs> yeah i'm sure that it is i'm sure that yeah. it is buddy um the uh the so what biden, you guys been, well, well we're, we're getting into the pessimism now the uh the biden administration All right, here we says, go. <laughs> yeah, the biden administration <laughs> says it's time to bring back the mask mandates you guys looking forward to this they're pushing this everywhere now the uk is saying that they have to bring them back the germans are saying they have to bring them back the french the italians the dutch the americans now uh, the Australians are saying, oh, we're going to have to keep all this stuff in. Uh, as a matter of fact, I think they still have an indoor mask mandate down there. Uh, but I'm starting to see more people, as I was mentioning earlier, I'm starting to see more people wear them. And GP, you're saying that you go onto these lots and, and you got to wear them out in the middle of nowhere. And you have to be checked to make sure that that's being done. Biden's COVID-19 coordinator, Dr. Ashish Jaha, it's a new one on me, was on ABC's This Week on Sunday, and he said that um, he's uh, he's saying that he's all for Los Angeles County bringing back the universal mask mandate starting on July 29th, so 11 days from now. He explained, and I'm quoting here, in my view, in his view, if you see, in, in my view, this has been very clear, which is local jurisdictions, cities, counties, states should make decisions about mask mandates because communities are different and their patterns of transmission are different. What? Well, we're headed towards because the midterms. So they, they have to start bringing this stuff back in. But sorry, Bruce, go ahead. Because um, how many of these um, rituals were effective during the pandemic? Oh, that's right. None of them. They didn't they didn't help anything. Uh, I'll tell you, you still right had now, high transmission. California and Florida were identical. California mass restrictions, Florida none. And all the numbers were the same. The percentages. Yeah. And it was the same with Sweden. Sweden took no measures, largely. They they didn't take really any measures and they didn't have a problem with anything. It just it, it cycled I, through the population and they were out. I, I think we're gonna see a difference this time around though. Um, if there truly is another strain that's going out there, like they're saying, the BA5 or whatever the hell it is. Um, B5. B5. Okay. If that is true and we're going through another wave, um, I think you are going to see a difference in these locations. And it's it's not going to be based on whether or not they're doing lockdowns or masks or social distancing or any of those kind of things. That stuff doesn't Did work. Did you vaccinate? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was, I was getting ready to say what we played of Malone talking about that. It's coming from the highly jabbed. All the data from all these countries are showing that, that it's an escape variant. GP, you talked about this last year with us. They vaccinated to the point now where there's an escape variant that they can't stop. Mm -hmm. 
And this is a consequence of mass vaccination like this, trying to vaccinate your way out of a problem, isn't it? We got to try at least. At least we have to make an attempt. <laughs> we got we to make an attempt. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you're trying to keep a straight face while you're saying that. This joker from uh, from the White House continued on. He says the CDC has very clear guidance on this as well through their COVID community levels. Uh, he says, I think it's really important to remind people of the science and of the public health science. And the public health science is very clear. If you're in a crowded indoor space, especially if it's poorly ventilated, wearing a mask reduces your risk of infection and reduces your risk of spreading it to others. This pandemic isn't over. It'll never be over. No, no, it's not going to be over. They're they're pretty, pretty adamant about that. I mean, the flu has never been over. Colds have never been over. It might end in 2030 or 2050. It might end then because they'll have... That's possible, yeah. You know, if they make uh, it to that Assuming... Yeah, assuming they stay on their, their current timetables, assuming they meet all the uh, uh, goals, the deadlines, uh, then yeah, I, I think it'll end then. It's a fair point. Well, they'll have to... So there's, honestly, I, I've been kind of out of the loop, if I may ask. Yeah, go ahead. So are they admitting now that the vaccine doesn't stop you from getting it? Yes. Yes, they're admitting Finally? That. Yeah. And then people well, can been, die from it after being vaccinated? They've been admitting that for a little while now. They've actually They're not been admitting saying, the death. They're not admitting the death. Yeah, they, they don't admit the death, but they admit that it doesn't stop you. But it does make the the case that you get when you get it, it's going to be reduced. Even though there's no data, there's nothing that shows that that's true. They so, say if you get vaccinated, it's going to be a, um, you're going to be less sick when all mm-hmm. the data shows the opposite. You're going to get sick more often and it will be worse uh, based on what, what the da- data is showing. Severe cases are skyrocketing as well. Deaths are skyrocketing under uh, the vaccinated, the people that are unvaccinated. Their numbers are actually decreasing as far as numbers of getting sick, the numbers that are dying. That number is going down, uh, but the vaccinated is going up. The numbers of deaths, uh, hospitalizations, mm-hmm. it, it's looking bad on that side of, uh, of things. So basically, it looks like if you, uh, according to some of the research, if you just got the jab, the, the first one, you didn't get boosted, you just got the first one then you're similar levels to the vaccinated. I mean, it's worse than vaccinated, but it's similar. It's within the margin of error, if you will. Uh, but if you went in and started getting boosted, uh, nah, those numbers are negative efficacy. Uh, you're, you're getting uh, sicker, especially if you go in, you know, the, the more jabs you get, the, the sicker that, that populace is. I've got a clip of uh, Malone, a new clip of him talking about how this needs to be stopped and it needs to be stopped immediately. Um, I've also got something of Yaden uh, as well that we can get to. GP, I want to ask you a question about a specific type of uh, vaccine. I have not been keeping up with my research. Well, so that's... if you're talking about a new vaccine type, I'm not going to know. Okay. Well, let me ask you. I'll, I'll, I'll at least ask you. If you don't know, then then we don't have to discuss it. Um, Wait, what is it? What, what is it? This is called. Really quick this is called a triple trivalent vaccine. It's never been manufactured before. Uh, and it will not. The CDC is, and the FDA have both announced that it will not be clinically tested. And they're going to start rolling these out as uh, booster variants right before the election cycle this year. It, triple, what is it? What's the next word? Triple trivalent vaccine, T R I V A L E N T. Yeah. Health and Human Services have already purchased $3.2 billion worth of doses. And it's already been pushed through by so the CDC and the FDA. It it on the surface it looks like what, oh, what my, my like assumption was. It, it's like it's they yep. pick three uh they they pick three okay. variants and then vaccinate so just like versus the flu. yeah, just like the yeah. Flu. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. Yeah, that's that's exactly the same. That's no big deal. Okay, fair enough. It doesn't need to be tested if the three have been tested. So so that's how they get away with it. But there's there's only one. There's only one no. vaccine. No, there's that imaginary one that they did, and then the imaginary B one that they yeah. did. That they said the booster so, shots. You know, you gotta you gotta take into consideration the hallucinations and the figments of their imaginations that come about by being a politician, being told what to say and do. So is it yeah, is it going to be the three? Is it going to be like Pfizer, Moderna, and then uh, probably one of the other ones that was Johnson or uh, you know cleared yeah. but never tested? You know, yeah, yeah. It'll probably be one of those. Uh, I have a clip here of Dr. Mike Yaden talking about uh, just this, and we're going to get to that right now. I remember once I worked out that something seriously off was going on in 2020, um, and I, I thought, and I heard a discussion, I overheard a discussion somewhere uh, between uh, FDA, a European medicines agency, and the Japanese medicines agency. Those three had had an initial informal conversation, and they said this. They said, we could anticipate, we anticipate in the future there might be a need to make amended, adjusted uh, variant COVID-19 vaccines. And if the drug companies should do that, the position we anticipate taking is to say that because those amended vaccines are so similar to the first-generation vaccines from each company, we won't expect them to do you know, new clinical trials or indeed any clinical trials and so when I heard that, I'm afraid my conclusion was, so that's why they've used genetic vaccines that have never been used before. It's because they've got an intended purpose for them. And I'm afraid I'll just talk in the camera because you know, they just voted on it last week. There's no requirement for any safety efficacy studies in humans from these right. variant, variant vaccines, which means a drug company's computer, they can form any code they damn well like, press, alt, print, manufacture a billion doses of something that FDA is not going to check and then stick it in a billion arms. So if, as like me, you conclude that whatever's going on and whoever's doing it, they are completely, completely malign you know, and evil. Uh, there's no possible good side to this whatsoever. Uh, if you thought that it might be possible that this group had in mind to reduce the human population, uh, I honestly, I swear, I could not find a kind of more, a cleverer, more easily deniable, plausible deniability they'll have till the end. So people like me, they'll just ignore me. But so I predicted at the end of 2020, they will bring about variant vaccines. Uh, they will have a, got approval from the drug regulator not to have to test them. And then they'll stick them in people. And I'm, I'm afraid that it's easy to, I remember one afternoon in about two hours, I came up with three or four ways of poisoning people in a way that you would not be able to detect it. So right. it, I could I could uh, do something that would augment tumors and make them run away. You know, I could put a promoter gene. I could put a, a promoter to a promoter gene. So you would get no acute toxicity, but sometime in the next period, six months or a year, you would have a, a plethora of different tumors. Mutations, exactly. Yeah, which you could blame on whatever crap is going on in the world, and you could just lie about what's going on in the world. Confirms everything that we've thought. You've been thinking of ways to kill people without... No, 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 of course not, no. Getting caught? <laughs> no, no. It's It it confirms exactly what we suspected. And it, that, he's not saying that that's the case. He's saying that if it were him and he were twisted and evil like these people, that's exactly what someone would do if you wanted to accomplish these things. And to have things that are rushed through with no clinical trials. GP, you know how these clinical trials work. You, you know how these things work. You, you're, yeah, that, you're, very you're behind the scenes. R rushing all of this stuff through 
this can't have a good outcome, can it? At all? N- never. Never. You know how many people die in clinical trials? Yeah. And then they get stopped. They they try a lot. With the, with the Pfizer. Lot. Yeah. With the Pfizer clinical trial of the, the COVID-19 vaccine, they tried to cover that up for 75 years. Twelve hundred people died in the trials that we found out within that once mm-hmm. they were ordered to release the um, uh, and I think was it was it twelve hundred that died in the was it the control group that died after being um, exposed? Well, <laughs> which which trial are we talking about? Because here, here's the problem. The Pfizer trial. They were going through. um well, yeah, it depends on which, because they also, in in some of the booster trials, they were taking their control group were not people that were unvaccinated. The control group were people that were oh, that either uh, vaccinated, already exposed to COVID or yeah. uh, were just vaccinated, vaccinated before. They didn't grab anyone that was unvaccinated or unvaccinated and had never caught COVID. They didn't, they didn't do any of those kind of things. Cutting the red tape, never a good idea. And especially now you're going to start rushing in these variant specific vaccines. This is exactly what Albert Borla, the CEO of Pfizer, he said, oh, we're going to have to update these every six to 12 months now. So every six to 12 months, you're going to be called in uh, or you're going to be, well, we're not quite to the called in stage yet because that comes with social credit, right? So that comes with social credit. That comes with your digital ID. You're doing this or you're not getting your green pass or your credits aren't coming through this month or, you know, with the digital money or you're not allowed access to this place or to that place or to this service or to that service. You're not buying here. You're not selling here. Blah, blah, blah. It's it's all tied to the same thing. It's all tied to the same agenda or, or your score is high enough and uh, you don't have to get vaccinated. That's a fair point. Dr. Robert Malone on the escape variants, uh, or excuse me, the well, escape variants, escape mutants coming from the vaccinated and what needs to be done with the vaccines. The vaccines through this process of immune imprinting, the multiply jabbed, are developing a relative immunodeficiency in both B and T responses against Omicron. It is the highly vaccinated that are getting repeatedly infected by Omicron and chronically infected by Omicron. And you as clinicians, you're seeing it. You know that's what's happening. The data from all over the world are showing it. And by the way, these are the people, the highly vaccinated, that are infected with Omicron, particularly the latest variants, that are in the hospital and unfortunately are dying at a disproportionately high rate. But these are the folks that are generating the new waves of escape mutants and and the madness the madness is we have now bought us, the United States government, all of us, we've essentially borrowed money uh, to pay Pfizer $3.2 billion for making a trivalent vaccine with Wuhan, BA4, and BA5 that we're going to deploy without any clinical trials. They haven't even made it yet. We've already bought it. And even Paul Offit, who has been a zealot for this product, is saying this has just gone a step too far. It's, it's crazy. And, and again, I could not, if I wanted to, I could not design a vaccine more likely to drive immune imprinting in these problems other than the one that they are specifically going to try to force us all to get vaccinated with right before the election for some reason. By further vaccinating with Wuhan 1, totally outdated, plus BA4 already gone, BA5, we already know from the South African data, it's already crashing. It's going to 
be gone by November more likely than not, except for in these people that are chronically infected. Right. Um, and then they're going to jab all of us with that. Well, that's going to make it even harder for our immune systems to respond to whatever comes next. Yeah. It is madness. When yeah. you guys, uh, Dr. Corey, you must sit here and think, and look, the vaccine is the hill that you're dying on here. It's always been on the treatments that were available, right? Do you wake up at night thinking, my God, if they had just listened to me, I, I got in front of the Senate. I mean, I was there. I told them we had a, a drug that could have saved at least half the lives. In fact, you know, I'm going to be talking a little bit about Andrew Hill and the work that you guys all did. 75% reduction, honestly, when used appropriately in deaths and severe issues. Do you just ask yourself, do you picture where would the world be had we just said, hey, Pierre, awesome work, man. We're going to continue that work. I want to give the world ivermectin. We would not be here today. We would. This would have been over a long time ago. We would have deployed early treatments, combination therapies, like Dr. Ursel said, highly effective, cheap, safe, available. Every country would have had access to it. The fear-mongering would have stopped, and this relentless push for novel, barely-tested toxic vaccines would not have been triggered. Like you said, with the EUA, we would not have pursued that obsessive path, that monolithic path down this vaccine pathway for a rapidly mutating coronavirus, a virus we've never had a successful vaccine from. It was illogical from the beginning. Right. We, right. we are now, they have boxed us in, uh, bless their hearts. They soon are going to have no choice other than to turn to you guys and early treatment. Yeah. The vaccines are not working. They're driving it even further. And the only solution left, in my opinion, is to deploy widespread early treatment as soon as possible to shut this down. And we got to stop the vaccine. Our group yeah. made that clear, unambiguous statement. We're done. Do not vaccinate your children. There is no sense in this. And it is time to withdraw these vaccines, in our opinion. That's coming from a man who got jabbed. So it's not like he's against vaccines. Hell, he's he's one of the actual creators of the mRNA technology itself that's being used in all of this. GP, you look like you want to jump in there. You please go right ahead. Nope. Does he drive a truck? <laughs> does he drive a truck? No, I don't think he drives a truck. He does. <laughs> Dad, he does. He does run a horse farm in his spare time. He does do that. Okay. Does he uh, experiment on his horses? I don't think so, GP. But <laughs> this, what, but what he's talking about though, this is exactly what you warned about over a year ago. Here was yes. if you start going through these mass jab campaigns, you're going to drive variants that you're not going to be able to stop, and it's going to come from vaccinated people. And that's exactly what's happened. Mm -hmm. What you said mm -hmm. over a year ago here, when no one else, including Malone, was even saying it, you said you called it, and here it is. But did it change anything? No, it didn't change anything, GP. It's still here. <laughs> it didn't change anything. It's, it's, it's still here. Still here. Sheep will more... be sheep no matter what. Yeah, that's that's true. And I I don't, on that point, I don't understand at this point. I mean, how, how do you snap people out of this? I mean, they're, they're, they're getting back into the fear. They're getting back into the hysteria. And, and they're going to be going for these new ones that are coming out after this. How, how do you stop? Because it's not only is it is it driving that the highly jabbed are driving the infections now, but that's going to cause it to mutate even again over again on itself, isn't it? It can. Potentially. Potentially. Yes, it can. But there's so much about the virus we don't know. And we don't know if they're actually released. We you know there's <laughs> they're releasing different ones. Uh, um, <laughs> there's a lot of things that we don't know that's going on with 
this whole virus situation. And it's at rate because initially the initial report stated that it does not it's not going to mutate quickly. It's going to take a long time for it to mutate. And the only likelihood of it being able to mutate, the only way it would be able to mutate at the in the beginning stages of its initial research was through a vaccinated person. And that's how I was only able to say that, you know, if we get enough vaccinated people, then we're going to start having variants. I don't know. I don't know what we're going to do, man. Well, I think I think it has to. Honestly, I think it has to start with what he suggested. You've got to pull them off the market. You've got to shut this whole thing down. But I don't. It's see a the religion. Establishment. Yeah, it, it's become that. It, it's exactly. It's a cult. That. It's a complete. Yeah. yeah. And there's how do you get somebody out of a cult? You, you want to wake somebody up? Try and get somebody you out of a what? cult that believes you, wholeheartedly that the banana god is going to forgive them of every problem that they ever had. That's not a it. joke. Yeah, that's not a joke. You, you've you actually had to pull somebody out of a cult once before. You, you told me about it. And it's very difficult. But you said how they got out of it was they had to get burned, right? You have to get burned. But you also it takes a lot of enlightenment in order to to snap yourself out of those kind of cults. The bad part is it has to you have to fill that hole with something. And oftentimes it's another cult or a cult ideal. Or, you know, That's it's true. Yeah, because that person is just oriented that way. They're geared that way that they need that. Well, I think and it's, you just have I, to fill with something else. And yeah, know what's a good one? The, picking up trash. You teach people <laughs> to pick up trash. He's and back you to fill picking them up trash. With the ability to pick up trash. <laughs> He's back to picking up trash. I was <laughs> I was hoping the environmentalist in you would be back, and it is. But no, that's oh, that's a good point, I, though. I think that's I think that goes along with the human condition is is that people inherently they want to be part of something that's actually bigger than themselves. That's that's just mm-hmm. default setting for people is they want to be a part of something. They want to be a part of a group group. And that's what this whole thing has been for them, hasn't it? It's been mm-hmm. it's been a group movement for them to get involved with. It's been something that's bigger than them. Oh, let's do it for everybody else. Let's let's protect everybody else around us. Don't think of just yourself, you know, that kind of stuff. And and wear a mask or you're going to kill somebody or you're going to kill grandma. Stay away from them, that kind of stuff. It's become that it's, it's become this this group movement. And you notice everything else that they throw into it. It's not just COVID. COVID's a, just a cog in that wheel. That's all it is. You've got the other things. You've got the uh, the Ukraine thing. I mean, my God, you know, the same people that are doing the COVID narratives, they're walking around with Ukraine face masks now. They're at pride parades because that's been taken over, too, by all these grifters and opportunists. They're at pride parades with Ukraine flags. They're at BLM protests with pride flags and Ukraine flags. So it's all the same agenda. They're at climate change protests. Like uh, the climate change thing's been tied up into this. The Extinction Rebellion stuff, the... Uh, the insulate Britain or whatever those those whatever these idiots are that glue themselves. They actually glued themselves to a roadway during the Tour de France last week. They're riding bicycles, for God's sake. Which, by the way, one of the Tour de France, one of the, uh, the, the top riders, he's 26 years old. I read today he has to retire because he's having difficulties breathing and he's having chest issues pretty regularly. So he has to stop cycling. His career's over. But my point is, is that this entire movement, this is something that's not just COVID. It's everything else. You have to be part of everything else, too. You you can't just be for part of this. And and the thing that perplexes me is you do have some breakaway people in there that are not for everything. They're not for every agenda. Somebody could be for the LGBT stuff, but they won't be for the COVID stuff. Or they could be for uh, the Ukraine thing, but they're not for the COVID thing. Or they're for BLM and they're for COVID, but they're not for Ukraine. You know, that that kind of stuff or climate change or, or whatever. Just swap out whatever it is. All of these things, all of these these different fractured groups that they're trying to merge under one umbrella, 
It's not working. See, when you start to inflict fear on a population and you get people to go along with something, then you can replace the root belief systems in a society. People are more apt to do that because they're in, an, they're in a perpetual state of fear and a perpetual state of crisis all the time. So you can rework the roots of where you come from. Your institutions are removed, your religious foundations, your laws, your freedoms, your democratic rule, your education systems, your entertainment. All that stuff has been changed, hasn't it? Over the last two to three years, drastically. I mean, we've seen the gradual changes over years, but we've seen massive changes in those areas in the last two to three years, right? Along with your nationalistic pride. If you believe in your country, oh my God, you're a white supremacist, you're a bigot, you're a racist, you're a xenophobe, a misogynist, whatever, right? Pick your label. These things get replaced by the new agendas. Everything that I just mentioned, right? All of these new things, because there's going to be that vacuum that you're talking about, GP, when your normal set of values, the underpinnings of civilization, when that gets removed, it's going to cause a vacuum. So there's got to be a replacement for it. So they're ginning up all these other movements for you to go and identify with. This becomes your new belief system. This becomes what the new agenda is, because all that old stuff, that doesn't work because you're going to build back better. But if you're going to build back better, you got to believe in all this stuff over here. You don't have to believe in all of it, but pick one or two. And that's going to be your new belief system. And that's what social credit will be based on. It's, it's as you said earlier, cults, uh, when you're in one, it's difficult to get someone out. That's why they want to get their own cult started. That's why they need the fanaticism that's tied to the whole COVID nonsense, the, the uh, climate change, um, the LGBT stuff. You, you have to create a cult that people are so engrossed in that you're going to have to have the enlightenment and they're going to have to get burned. They're going to have to hit rock bottom before they even try to get out of it. Uh, and even then, you know, it's not always guaranteed that they get out of it. Sometimes it's just they uh, think think of themselves as a terrible person and they, you know, yeah. GP was all happy and go lucky when he came in here. Now he's all sad and depressed. He's sitting back in his chair. Oh, it's so terrible. <laughs> and people just looked out their windows and saw the amazing world around them and appreciated every given minute that we can do this. The I world agree. would be a better place. And pick as I long agree. as they pick up trash, too. As long as they pick up trash. You don't have a problem. We can spend a couple of minutes on that. You don't have a problem with uh, with trash in your neighborhood, do you? It's pretty clean down there. You know, so, so surprisingly, Florida's pretty good, but we've got a lot of influx of people from Northerners that just sort of try. I don't know. Okay. Can, can somebody from can call in, did New text in, email in? Is it a thing up north that throwing trash out your window is a thing? Is that yes. a thing? Yes, I've seen it. I've seen it. I was in Detroit. Maybe Detroit's a bad example, but I was in Detroit. I was on my way to Windsor. Uh, I was getting ready to cross the border into uh, into Ontario. And I was downtown because we were going across the uh, the Ambassador Bridge. I was downtown and I or no, so, no, we went back across the Ambassador Bridge. I was going to the tunnel because in, the Ambassador Bridge was closed that day. I was going to the tunnel and I was sitting downtown at a stoplight and people would just like they would finish eating something out of like a McDonald's bag or something. And they would just throw the whole thing out the window in the middle of the street. It's crazy. I'm seeing it's, it. And it's they're terrible. not, they're definitely not from here. It's they're terrible. not, they're not, they're not Floridians or anything. And they're Northerners. It's, it's rough. Floridians, I'll tell you what, an alligator can be in the road. An osprey, an animal could be in the road. We will shut down traffic for these animals. It's the kind of people of most Floridians are. They care about the environment. And if they see somebody doing something bad, they're more than willing to get in your face. <laughs> That's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with that. You know, and picking up trash. Everyone goes, you know, they'll pick up trash. It's, it's great. 
But these people from these other states, I, I, or I'm assuming they're all Northerners because that's what everybody says. Damn Northerners. You know, um, I come from a Northern state and I've never behaved like that. Yeah. Like Californians, I know. I understand it's a just a t- entirely cultural difference with the trash situation. You know, we've got our the homeless communities just dumping tons of trash into the environment. Are you making it difficult at killing animals? Are you uh, are you dealing with a homeless problem down there now? In Florida? Yeah. Oh, we had we had one for a second. <laughs> had. No, As we in do. they they actually had. got rid of it. They do. Uh homeless is is different here. One, you can't go camp in the swamp because you'll get eaten. I was going to say an alligator will eat you. Yes, you will re-enter <laughs> you the will, food chain if you, you do that. <laughs> you, you will re-enter the food chain. So that type of thing is not a common. And the everything critter here, it wants to kill you. It'd be like trying to camp out in the outback. It's not a good idea in some areas. We don't have that kind of issue in most of the state. But we have in our big cities, of course, we have homeless populations. We have a large drug addiction problem with heroin, methamphetamines, and those people tend to dominate the homeless populations. There's nothing, there's nothing we can really do about it because we saw what California's tried to do. Let's throw money at it. We will give $47,000 a homeless person in benefits. Each homeless person is entitled to $47,000. What happened to the homeless population? It tripled. It's like dumping honey on an anthill. It's like dumping on a honey on an anthill. That's exactly what happened. It just makes more. And that's all it did is make more. Florida's trying different routes. They're, uh, they actually... You, you have to actually do things to get your benefits here, which is kind of nice, you know, like actually work or attempt to work or, you know, do something. Yeah, it's a, it's a different world. But if we could all just take a moment and spend one hour a week, just one, doing something positive for everyone. Something, it could be anything. Delivering water to the old folks' homes, you know, telling old people, you know, stories, cooking for the disadvantaged, donating, food banks. Picking up trash, my favorite. Everyone can pick up trash. Everyone. We'd have a clean world. And it teaches responsibility. And now I'm going to get off my podium and eat some queso fresco. Well, that's good, G. That's good, GP. <laughs> it does It does look good, I have to admit. Yeah, it looks good. So that's okay. We are going to have to go. Bruce, you got any final comments? Uh, yeah, just to that, um, I feel like the people of Florida care more about their environment than the Northerners who you guys are, uh, yes. you know, uh, continually hey. blaming. I, I hey, think I that's what it boils down to is. We, what are you trying to say? <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what it boils down to. What are you trying to, to say is, about my uh, people up there? Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe maybe the average person up there in Detroit or New York or, you know, some of these, uh, hell, even L.A. and uh, the big cities especially. Maybe you should care yeah, about your environments bad. more. Yeah, it, it seems like that's that's where it's at is the cities, because in the in the smaller communities, you don't you don't see that. And you, no. you'll get pulled over or by either cops or, you know, someone else. If you start throwing <laughs> stuff out the window uh, on the street, that's not acceptable behavior. If we'll catch you, we'll throw your trash back in your window. I'm not going to say that hasn't happened recently. All right. We are going to have to go. So I want to thank you for uh, for being here. GP, it's been a pleasure having you on today. It's great to have you back, uh, at least for the day. I know you're headed back out, but uh, you have to come back and join us more often. I will attempt that. So for those of you who would like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up? You know someone you're trying to get to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. Bruce and GP, I want to thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.